Welcome to another week of Bite Size Podcast. Today, being the last month of August, um, and since we've received so many questions from you that you've sent to us, um, we wanted to dedicate this episode to trying to answer some of those questions. If you haven't got a chance yet to send us any questions and you have questions that you would like us to answer, please listen until the end of the episode where we will share contact details for you to be able to submit your questions. See, we all learn from these questions and I hope that you'll find answers. But most importantly, I hope that the answers we give you will point you to the one who is the essence of all life which is Christ, in how we answer your questions. I um, wanted to have a friend of mine assisting me with these questions, but um, technology acted up. But please give it a listen, and thank you for joining us. The first question we received was this. Why on God? What happened for you to title this series on God? Um, I think we received this in week one um, and the On God week was week one. We had titled that week On God because we wanted to lay a foundation of what this walk in this life is about. Um, different weeks had, have had different themes but I thought the best way to start for us would be starting at the beginning. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 1 that all things were made through him and nothing that was made was made apart from him. So I thought if God is the source of all things then he is the right foundation to lay and our belief and our faith is in Him. The more we can understand Him, the more we can understand who we ought to be and how we ought to walk. So, so that's why we decided to start with on God in the first week. And I hope this answers your question. The second question that we got was this. Isn't that what God does reveals who He is? Actions speak louder than words. So, revelation for me is, is, is quite an interesting thing. And, and I think to a certain extent we've kind of trivialized what revelation is because we've focused on it as an experiential kind of thing that happens or an illumination that I get or like an epiphany that I get when I read something or I hear something and I interpret in my mind interprets it in a way that I have not heard it before and I think even in the church today you know we, we, we kind of steer people towards revelation being what God shows us when we walk with Him. But I truly believe 
that the greatest revelation we've ever been given as a church and as children of God is the Bible. Because the Bible reveals who God is and everything that we need for our lives. You know, the Bible says we've been given all we need for life and godliness. In the book of 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, I'll read it to read like this. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. We, we get this knowledge, these this things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Christ. And the Bible says in the book of John chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. His Bible is the word that was given to us. And if we want to know who he is, we got to go back to the word that was given to us. In fact, if we even want to know who we are, we got to go back to the word that he's given us. Because God does indeed reveal who he is. But he has done so through his word. The third question we've got was how do you deliver such a message in such a small period? <laughs> now you forgive me, friends. I actually laughed when I, when I saw this message. Um, and, and not to trivialize it, um, it's just, I think for all of us, it's much more difficult to speak about one's process. Um, but what I've learned is that God uses us in different ways. And all I try to do is focus on the topic that I'm delivering and try not to be sidetracked by other things because it's very easy to get lost because of the interconnectedness of things and the interconnectedness of the stories of the Bible, interconnectedness of the teachings of the Bible. Um, and obviously you try to not get pulled away from your focus point. Um, and obviously the Holy Spirit leads you. And I think through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, God is able to lead me and direct me in His Word to understand what I'm supposed to be speaking about. And I think for all of us also, you know, the Bible says all, everywhere, this Spirit breath, meaning the life of the Holy Spirit moves through the veins of the Word of God. See, I learn and I grow every day and I'm sure that the things that I miss even in some of the podcasts, um, things that might not make sense sometimes, but God who knows everything is very faithful to assist when we are yearning for a knowledge of the Scriptures. In the book of James, he says, let him who lacks wisdom ask, and God will give him. I hope it answers your question. And the fourth question that we got was, how is our faith made stronger on who God is? Is our identity bond going to be strong as well? I think, friends, in any relationship, 
if I want to build a relationship with someone, I need to know who they are, and they need, in turn, need to know who I am. I need to know how they react or act in certain situations, um, in order for me to be able to build up that relationship. And I think a pure and a true knowledge of God and who He is is important. Is, is one of the important foundations of our Christian walk. It helps us to understand what he means when he says things. It helps us to understand his word because we can understand it from his, pers- for the, from his perspective, from the perspective of his character. And we get to know what disappoints him. So we are careful to walk in the way that he has said for us. I think God's interest is for us to know him and for him to know us. In fact, Jesus says this in the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 19 and 20. He says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on scorpions and serpents, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you, notwithstanding in this rejoice, not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Our names are not written in heaven or in the book of life because of what God has anointed us to do. But it is only through a personal relationship with Him that our names are written in heaven. And that's why I think we need to know Him so that He may have a personal relationship with us. Uh, question number five says this What is the purpose of this On God series? because it is completely different from how we are usually introduced to God. I think the purpose is always to point us in the right direction in our walk with God. The purpose is always to ground us in the Word of God. I think it's very difficult for us to work, walk in this walk if we are walking without a true knowledge of who we walk with there's a need to know who God is as revealed to us through scripture so that we are careful to walk right before him knowing fully well what that right walk with him is and what it means um, I cannot speak to how people get taught the word um in the different spaces um, where you are. But I think my aim is to give a comprehensive knowledge of the Word of God and then leaving the decision to you make an informed decision about your walk and the teachers you have in your life, whether they benefit you or not, or whether they give you the right information or not. The, the purpose is always to lay a proper foundation of the Word of God and of an understanding of the Word of God. Solomon says this in the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 6. He says, Though it cost everything you have, get understanding. And the purpose is to give you that understanding. Question 6 says this. Can we separate from the oneness of God? 
and we separate from Him. Simply put, sin can separate us from God. God is always available to us, is always there, but He cannot cohabitate with sin. The Bible tells this, this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see God. You see, without holiness, no one will see God. So sin, which takes away holiness, will separate us from God. There's much more to be said on this, but uh, I think it's, it's something that will need a much more larger discussion and a much more broader time. Question number seven says this. What is the correct balanced diet in the word of God? Or is one led by the spirit? Now this came out of one of our social media posts uh, that we put through on Facebook uh, speaking about balanced diet. Um, to those that have not seen it, I'll read it for you. It says this. Your diet will determine your physical health. If you do not feed on the word of God as a child of God, you will not gain the necessary weight to carry you through winter. We need to be gluttonous when it comes to the word of God. The more of the word we consume, the more fat we gather for winter seasons in our lives. We can depend on the fat when there is no food around. What is fascinating is that winter comes every day. Whenever we are confronted with challenging situations, our response to those situations is dependent on what diet we've been feeding on. When we are consistent in feeding on a good diet of the Word of God, we transform our hearts and respond with love. The love that comes from feeding on the Word of God builds in us the capacity not only to love and give love, but also to respond in love under trying circumstances. That was the post that we've put, we've put through on Facebook and this question comes from it. I think in short, the correct diet is found in the gospel. For me, it is the knowledge that I fall short all the time and I'm always in need of saving. It is going to the word with the attitude spoken of by the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. He says this, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that men of God may be perfect, thoroughly finished unto all good works. There's no scripture that is not useful. So when we study the word, we also study all of it. And not only what makes us feel good about ourselves, not only what tickles our ears. That for me is a balanced diet from Genesis to Revelation. Question number eight says this. Why isn't God cursing man after man fell out of the Garden of Eden? The Bible says... God is a righteous judge, but it also says he is full of mercy. And I think God wanted to leave a door to man for reconciliation. And thus gave man a chance to experience life without him. 
the separation itself from God was already a great curse to men that men became separated from the nature that gave him life. In the book of Genesis chapter 2 it says God breathed into men and only after God had breathed into men men became a living soul. So man carried the breath of God and this was the connection between man and God. And when God chased Adam and Eve out of the garden of Eden and cut off that connection, I think that was curse enough. And I also think that when you love something, you always, even in punishment, leave room for reconciliation. And that is what God was doing here. Question number nine says this, how do you show love in judgment because you are punishing people? You know, um, judgment or punishment and love are not mutually exclusive. The presence of one doesn't really diminish the presence of the other. God is both just in his word and both and loving. His justice must always be ushered out and his love is always there. That is why when you read the Bible, it tells us that he is long-suffering. Now, now, now to explain this further, I have to look at it like this. Right? Every offense carries with it judgment for that offense. So there is a consequence for every action. The one that carries out the offense does so with full knowledge of the consequences for such an offense. If I love you, it is in both our interest, first of all, that you don't commit the offense. But if you do, knowing full well the consequences, it is also in both our interest to know that judgment must take its course, but it does not change the fact that I love you. You see, God in his great love informed Adam of the consequences of eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil before Adam committed the sin. In Genesis chapter 2, we are told God says to Adam, you shall eat of every tree that is available in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. So Adam goes to the tree with the full knowledge of the consequences of eating the tree. He knew the full consequences of his sin. But God, knowing the harsh environment that Adam and Eve were to face in judgment when they were sent out of the Garden of Eden, kills an animal and makes coats for both Adam and Eve. You see, his love was not removed even in his judgment. Because he understood that they were not ready for the consequences of their sin, his love ushered mercy by making them calls that would help them to survive outside of the presence of God. Question number 10 says this, will God judge us 
on all our sins that we committed ever since we were born. The Bible says this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 27 and 28. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without seeing unto salvation. It'll to be given this opportunity to surrender the sin that so easily entangles unto this God who will cover it and cleanse us from it that it no longer appears before God but His righteousness appears in our stead. You see, judgment for sin is inevitable. That's why it says it is given for men once to die and then judgment. All of us will be judged. But when we are in Christ, we have the propitiation for our sin. Our sin is laid on Him that we may gain eternal life. His dying was so that we may be free from sin and that we may live for Him as he bought us with a price greater than we could imagine. The Bible, talking about Christ, says, He who was without sin became sin for us. Question 11 says this, What does it mean, as the Bible says, God created man in his image, and in him created he, he and she? I think it says, I think he meant he created what it says in Genesis 1.27. So I think this means that man was created to resemble God inside out. It means that we are, who we are is the image of God, how we look, how we present ourselves, but also who we were created to be on the inside was supposed to be like God. That's why when he created man, he also created a domain for man to rule, to exercise his authority. He said, let them have dominion. Because God is a God who has a dominion, who exercises authority and he rules over everything. And because he had made man in his image, he tried to give man the same exercise of man's authority. See, we can find out who we were created to be by looking what the Bible says about God. It says this in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. It says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. We were created to be a light. Jesus says in the book of Matthew chapter 5 that we are the light of the world. If we know him, we are the light of the world. Because this is who we were created to be, to shine like him. But only in communion with him. And the separation that sin brought about 
put much darkness in our lives. There's a lot more the Bible says about who God is. Some of it we'll cover in the next um, coming weeks. Some of it we've already covered in this past month. Question number 12 says this. How did you break down humanity and sin? Well, I didn't. The Bible did. Uh, but I think uh, I, I looked... For me, you have to go back to the beginning. You have to understand why was man created. And look at how whether man is still living that purpose that he was created for. And then if man has strayed from his purpose, you have to question yourself what caused man to stray from his purpose. And that's where sin came in. Because first we needed to look at who we were created to be and are we that which we were created to be and what has caused us to stray from who, from being who we were created to be. And I think that's why I, I, I looked at at our week two as humanity and sin because we had defined who God is and we needed to check who this, this God who created us, who did he create us to be? And the Bible tells us he created us to be like him in his image and in his likeness. And you only have to look around. We are far from that. And sin is the cause. And question 13, I think we're almost the end of the questions. Question 13 says, is there any sin that is bigger than the other? Now, I like this question. Um, but I'll answer it in this way. I think it's I think it's both a simple question and a complex one. Um, the simple answer is no. Sin is sin. You know, I steal, I lie, I kill, I cheat is the same thing. In fact, Jesus says this in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 19. He says, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And again in Matthew chapter 12, verse 31, he says this, um, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blaspheme against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven unto men. So that's, it sounds a little bit contradictory, like if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you've committed a much more grievous sin than um, any other sin. But I think at the end of the day, the Bible says all have fallen short of the glory of God. And it's for us to flee from sin. I'd recommend that you read the whole book of Matthew. I think it, it kind of gives a nice perspective um, on Jesus' teaching on sin, especially Matthew chapter 5. Um, so, so I think I'll say, I mean, although all sin is the same, the effect of it on your life might be different. Um, and I say this, um, if you read in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 and 19, the Apostle Paul says something interesting. He says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. 
What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? So, so like I said, it's a simple and a complex one. But I think when we take it back to the basics, sin is sin. Um, Paul says in the book of Romans that us who have grace, us who have been given, and we have the knowledge of who Christ is, us who are dead to sin, cannot further continue sinning. Because we're dead to it. And sin is what separates man from God. Any sin. In question 14, it says this, After Adam and Eve sinned, why didn't God kill them? Oh. <laughs> All right. So, so one of the characters of God is that He is a God who's full of mercy. In Psalm 145, it says this: "The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy." And there's more references of God being full of grace and mercy. You know, slow to anger in the Bible. I mean, imagine this. If we could kill all that offends us, then there would be no one left on earth. Because I'm sure there are people that offend you, but I'm sure you also offend others. Today I'm able to speak to you about God. But it doesn't mean that there wasn't a time when all I did was bring shame and dishonor to Him. But it is because of His great mercies that I am not consumed. The prophet Jeremiah puts it like this in the book of Lamentation, chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. He says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. His mercy and grace is always available to give us a second chance. His grace and mercy new every morning well friends we appreciate your questions this was the last question and we hope that you got some answers from what we have shared um, try to answer all questions we receive and where the questions are similar we'll put them together and try to answer them but thank you for all your questions friend well if you have more questions about topics discussed on this podcast or any related bible related questions you can get in contact with us through our social media pages. On Facebook, it's Bite Sized. On Twitter, it's at Byte underscore word. On Instagram, it's Byte Word. Or you can send us an email on bitesized zero at gmail.com. Again, thank you for tuning in. And goodbye.